Welcome to our study of Philippians here on the Radio Bible Course. As Paul neared the close of his epistle to the Philippians, he gave them six virtues to think about. Listen to them in verse 8 of chapter 4. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. But in the very next verse, he tells them what they should practice. Verse 8 is about what they should think about. Now verse 9 talks about practice. Listen to what Paul writes. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. Who other than a man who followed Christ unselfishly could write a verse like that? Paul the Apostle was chosen by Christ to be a human example of complete dedication to the gospel. I believe this verse, verse 9, refers to all that the Philippians had witnessed in Paul's life from his first preaching in their city as recorded in Acts chapter 16. There are four verbs given here. He said, the things you have learned, received, heard, and seen. Let's talk about those. What had they learned? Well, first they learned the gospel from the Apostle Paul. They learned from him the essential truths of doctrine and Christian living. They learned it when he was with them and later by this letter. What did they receive? This refers to their acceptance of those teachings and their agreement with them. They welcomed the teachings that came from God through the Apostle Paul. Then he uses the verb heard. Other believers brought reports to the church about Paul's activities. Timothy and Epaphroditus were among them, and this must be what he is referring to, the things you have heard about me through other men. And then he ends with the things you have seen in me. Ah, oh, here we have the visual example. When in doubt concerning a church matter or how you ought to serve Christ in a hostile world, look at Paul's life. See how he handled it. Learn from his example. How many evangelists, preachers, or teachers could urge people to follow their example? Well, Paul did. And he was not being proud. He was being humble. Because all he was doing was living for Jesus Christ. Now consider Paul. What was his example regarding a comfortable life? Oh, he had no home, no property, no horse, no chariot. He was in prison a good bit of the time, and they were not comfortable. What about rewards or pay for his preaching? Paul was a bond slave of Christ, and as such, his work earned him no profit. A bond servant does what he owes to his master. Paul accumulated no money, and he worked to maintain his own ministry. What about reputation and honors? 
What kind of an example was he in that regard? Well, the world ignored him, and the Jews hated him. He often feared for his life. He sought no prizes on the earth. The approval of Jesus Christ in heaven, the Son of God who rose from the dead and was seated at the right hand of the throne of God, is all the approval that Paul wanted. If you want to know how to live effectively as a Christian, study Paul's teachings and his lifestyle. Practice these things, Paul writes. And what's the result? Practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. Oh, what an example Paul was. How we wish we had more men who were like Paul, supporting themselves, preaching the gospel, living a life of love toward others, and building up those who believe in Jesus Christ. Paul also went out evangelizing wherever he could to bring the good news because the good news was the light of the world. Without it, men would be doomed. Now we come to verses 10 through 14, where we have Paul giving thanks for the recent gift which he received from the Philippians. He writes, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need." I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Paul is grateful. The Philippians had sent a gift, and when he writes, Now at last, he's not being sarcastic or rebuking them. He instead is referring to the resumption of communication and their concern following a lengthy interval. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 10, has the same words, where Paul writes, Always in my prayers making request, if perhaps now at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. So when Paul writes, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me, he is being grateful, not sarcastic. He is happy that they again have contacted him. But did Paul depend upon anyone for support? He received gifts from the Philippians, but never depended upon them. He learned how to supply his own needs, or to pray and depend upon God for his needs. Now, Paul further explains in verse 10 of chapter 4 that the Philippians lacked opportunity. Now, it could have been their poverty that prevented them from sending something, or perhaps their uncertainty about his location that prevented them from sending a gift. 
Now look at verse 11. Was Paul disappointed during that period of time when he did not hear from the Philippians? He writes, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Well, you won't find many men today being content. They're asking for more money or a better house or a bigger car or something. There aren't very many Apostle Pauls around. No, Paul is careful to point out that he has learned contentment, which is peace, regardless of outward circumstances. Not many of us have learned this. But Paul so concentrated on Christ and the message of the cross that he was practically detached from the physical features of his life. His attitude is expressed more fully in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, where he wrote, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This self-sufficiency was learned, Paul tells us, but not by personal discipline and effort. That verb tense there suggests that he learned it in a moment of time. It must have been when he was struck blind by the Lord on the road to Damascus, and his self-will was broken. Now, in verse 12, Paul expresses that he had known the extremes of having nothing and having much. At times he was hungry, but he had days when his stomach was filled. And in verse 13, he claims no personal ability to endure such trials. Instead, he found strength in whom? In Christ. Paul may have written that to further teach the Philippians that faith in Christ can be their strength also. But in spite of his contentment, he commends them in verse 14. Listen to it. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. His problem was their problem. When they heard that Paul was in prison, they felt imprisoned themselves. When they knew he was undergoing trials, they shared it just like a parent would when a child is in trouble. Now, the word share is from the Greek word for fellowship. It has the idea of having something in common. That made the Philippians partners in the gospel, but also partners in his affliction. The Apostle Paul wanted to put no stumbling block in anyone's way. He was an example to the Christians in ministry, but he was also an example in affliction. When he wrote to the Corinthians in his second letter in chapter 6, he said, We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, hunger, by purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, 
truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet are true, as unknown, and yet well known, as dying, and behold we live, as punished, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. This is the life of Paul in a capsule, a man who preached, a man who lived for Christ, and a man who is willing to suffer and not complain. He discovered that the Lord's grace was sufficient for him, in spite of his afflictions. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, he said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, referring to his body, to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And it was, thank God, for the example of this man, Paul, a doctor of laws, who believed in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.